the Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club, and the Beach House at Barwon Heads are very proud to bring you episode 20 of The Tree on the Wing. Like a small boat on the ocean, sending big waves into motion, like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. So far, in recording the tree on the wing, we've been treated to guests who are some of the most passionate and energetic people you could possibly meet. To immerse yourself in a football or a netball community to the level most of our guests have, you need to have a love of what you do and an enthusiasm to contribute. This episode's guest is no exception. In fact, on a scale of 1 to 10, this bloke is a solid 11. A pocket rocket, Peter Van Ecklenburg, best known only as Ecky, first arrived at the Bowen Heads Football Club in 1976. A keen surfer, Peter was discovered by Steve Chooker-Peace while having a kick of the footy when the waves were a bit off. Chooky liked his moves and invited him down for a kick at training and Ecky fell in love with the environment. While he struggled in the early days to make an impact on the field, he eventually became an important player and a motivator and encouraging team man. Initially disregarded because of his size, Ecky made up for it by being a never-say-die competitor with a point to prove and he was very popular. He served as a player, a coach, a trainer, a motivator and a friend over 15 years with Bowen Heads. His fervour for the club has hardly diminished and he's taken it with him and made an impact wherever he's been. Strap yourselves in and enjoy our whirlwind chat with the ever popular Peter Ecky Van Ecklenburg. Try on the wing, I am Teddy Donnell, and I am on Zoom again because even though lockdown is uh, broken down, we're talking to a person who's not in our state. So we've had to go to Zoom because the expense of flying him down here was just unbelievable and the footy club wouldn't cover it. So we're <laughs> in the state on Zoom again. And I'm joined by my co-host. A man who has turned over a new leaf in the pre-season for cricket this year in that he is now practising his batting, which is something he hasn't done for some time. I'll let him quickly explain it, but I'll explain to the the listener that he does it whilst wearing sunglasses and he's usually the last person to bat, so it's usually quite dark. So I'm not sure that he's getting a lot of practice, but let's have a chat with him. G'day, Nipper. How are you going? Oh, very well, thank you, Teddy, and um, <clears throat> thanks for that little reminder. I do regularly attend pre-season cricket training, um, but not so much uh, having a hit as such, and I honestly cannot remember the last time I had a hit at pre-season. It definitely would not have been this century, but um, I was running training on the small ground the other day, and we had one odd batsman left over, so I put the pads on and had a bit of a hit, and and felt good, and I hit a couple in the middle, and um, it was quite enjoyable. So um, I've, I've put in a pretty solid pre-season, by my standards at least. But, um, anyway, it's good to be back on this thing in one way or another. Yes. And I'm a bit excited about our uh, our guest we've got on the other end of the line. Well, you're probably not as excited as he is because he's he's been very, very active in messaging me and stuff since we invited him on the show. He is probably pretty well known as a fairly enthusiastic and energetic young fellow. He's uh, And he's not that young, Nip. I found out today how old he is and I was quite surprised. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, yeah, um, he... he's an extremely upbeat person though. Is that That's what you'd suggest about him, that he's an upbeat yep. person? One of the most popular people that I reckon we ever played footy with at the at the club. Not only popular amongst his teammates and club members, but also popular amongst the enemy uh, opposition clubs and uh, and players. Quite liked him. Yep. He spent some time as a player. He spent some time coaching juniors, and he also spent some time as a trainer, which is not something that a lot of players go into at our club. Um, in the history of the club? Oh, there was a couple. Pete Menzies was a great player in the 60s, won a senior best and first and went on was a trainer in the in the 80s. And um, Johnny Shepard. Johnny, Johnny Shepard played in the right. 57 Premiership team. Yes. And he used to 
on the cricket bites during winter and yeah, uh, he did too. run out there amongst it all. Now we're going to do a bit of a special introduction and it'll become clear why at the end of it. Our guest's Christian name is Peter. Hi. Peter, I'm just going to ask you, I'm just going to run through a bit of a question with you. I played football, a nipper, with a lot of players, a lot of different players. They were all men. Every player I played with had one of these. Some had short ones and some had long ones. The Fries, Adam, Alan, John, yes. Vern and Jeff yes. all had little ones. There was someone with a smaller one than the Fries, though. Yeah. Well, I can't remember his first name. Andrew. Ning. Ning. <laughs> and his was quite small, wasn't it? To just give you an idea, the Highlands, the Walters, the Cornses, and the Donnells have all got them the same length. And they're all twice as long as the fries. And I know because I've measured them. <laughs> now, but this fella, he had an extremely long one, and it was really hard to get your mouth around. <laughs> And for years and years, I think it's probably the longest one I ever saw. And I'm curious to know exactly what is your surname, Peter? Vanek. It used to be Vanek Lundberg, as you know. No, I didn't know. That's what, because I've heard it said Van Eckelberg, Van Ecklenberg, Van Eckelberg. It's I've never actually known what it is. So Egg and bacon burger, <laughs> ecky burger, hamburger, it, you name it, I've been called it. Whatever it was, it's the longest one I've ever seen, Eggie. It is certainly the longest one. Welcome to the show, Peter Van Eckelberg or Peter Van Eck, Peter Van Ecklenberg, a.k.a. and best known as Ecky. G'day, Ecky. How you going, mate? G'day, Teddy. G'day, Nipper. G'day, everyone at Bowenheads uh, Football Club, uh, the club that I played with. The club that I love, uh, still love to this day. Um, follow your antics and your premierships, etc. Uh, follow the players. What a great time I had in those years. The community, the football, the football players. We're one big, happy family. That's great. That's great. Um, Teddy, were you going to ask him about um, his surname? Oh, that's what I just did ask him about, Nip. Oh, you're talking about his surname yes, then? Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. That no. was, ah, fam- right, I got you. Family yep. show, Russell. Yep. Okay. Now, now, Eki, before we go on into the show, we'll we'll uh, we'll get onto all the stuff. But you did have some homework, and I understand you've done it, and you've gone further into it than most people. So, without further ado. It's like being back at Waves Disco. There you go, mate. Now, two truths and a lie, Eki. What do you got for us? Right. I've got three truths and a lie. Oh, that's, that's a, <laughs> isn't that a 25% increase in stories? Go for it. Right, I've got three spots to write them down. But do go tell. Okay, I've been thinking about this a lot. Especially my bow in his days, and you, since you gave me this homework. Okay, here's the first one. My first ever game for bow and seniors, I only had two disposals one mark and one goal. Two. I nearly got what I thought a electrocuted at training one night. Three. I once kicked five goals in a quarter of football. Four. Whilst playing a game, at halftime break, we, the players in the team, consumed alcohol. At halftime? At halftime. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. We'll, we'll come back to those. Think again. about it. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll have to think about it. I reckon. Well, I, reckon I reckon, Teddy, if I played in that game, it would have been. Which do you guys think is the, is the lie? No, no, we'll yeah, come we'll, to that. We'll, we'll, we'll work we'll it out. And, okay. We come to it at the end, Eck, because we need a bit of – and, and you know what we find out? We find what out – you from, find out? Well, as we're going through the night, you'll tell us probably two you'll, of those. You'll let something slip. <laughs> well, Get what I've done, those four points, I've got little stories in all those four points that oh, I want to beautiful. tell you people. I'll save them to Lovely. the end. We, like, we don't mind saving them to the end. Okay. Yep. All right, so, Ecky, the first question we always ask people – 
when we they come on this show after we do the the uh, icebreaker of the two truths and lies we always ask how did you end up at the bow and heads footy club wow what a story that is well it all did it all i was a surfer a keen surfer as you know um used to have a girlfriend down bow and heads played football for a team called lara for years but i hadn't played for a while and went down and had a a kick with some of my mates because we were bored. And as I was kicking around, this fella came walking down, introduced him as Stephen Pearce, Chucky. Uh. Chucky <laughs> said, I've been watching. You look like you're a bit of talent there, mate. You want to come and um, have a go here at Bowen's Football Club? And um, I thought to myself, why not have a crack? So I went down there. They were all surfers and really good fellas and um, – there I go. Fifteen years later, I was at that club. Wow! What year was that, Aki? Oh boy! Oh boy! What year was that? It has to be nineteen seventy-six, something like that. And did you go straight into the seniors? No, no. Um, I can't say too much about that because that's actually one of my truths and lie. Because um, I played a lot of games in the reserves first off, and I kicked heaps of goals. I had a bit of a knack, and I, I, my greatest weapon was my <laughs> the little man syndrome that I had. I wasn't going to get beaten. My greatest thing was my will to win. Kicked heaps of goals in the reserves, and then finally they gave me a crack in the seniors. Then I played every game in the seniors after that. Who was coaching then, Eck? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Jesus, what, 76? Who was coaching then? Uh, uh, Langers? Langsworth? Yeah, Graham Langsworth. Langsworth or something like that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, all it was was an innocent kick-to-kick at the Oval. was noticed by Chucky Boy. I uh, don't know why he was there. didn't know him at the time. Introduced himself. He said he was watching my moves, <laughs> which is very flattering, of course. Um, invited me down to the club. I went down there. Um, I was going out with Janet Taylor at the time. Lived in Bowen Heads. Stayed there a lot. And um, I, I hadn't played footy for a couple of years. And then... Um, I thought, why not? And um, as soon as I joined the Bowenheads Football Club, um, I mean, what a welcoming place that was. And um, a lot of surfers there, uh, people in the town, and just end up staying and um, end up really loving me football and loving the club. Oh, that's great. That's a great story. I'll tell you what, Chuck has recruited a lot of blokes over the years. He's, um, he's probably as uh, highly regarded as Steve Wells is regarded at the Geelong Footy Club. He's, uh, <laughs> he's had a finger in a pie of... Quite a few over the years, Chucky Boy has. I tell you what about I tell you what about Chucky Boy Nipper and Ted. Um, wasn't the fact that he was just a brilliant player. His football brain, above everything else, was so yeah. acute. Was so acute. Um, he used to tell one of the games I remember. He said, "You run over there," and I go, "I don't want to run over there." He told me, "You run over there." So I ran over there. Next minute, thirty meter handball goes goes out to me, and I'm in the open. I'm a fast little guy. We go forward and we kick a goal. I went back to him and said, I'm running when you tell me to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon I've had, uh, well, been told very similarly by a few people, Eki, and um, I've had exactly the same experience where you think, why does he want me to run over there for? And then all of a sudden, you're on your own, you've got the ball, and Chuka was making you look good. Yep. No matter what we say about Chucky, Chucky, as I said, this football brain, what I say about football brain is the ability to look at different players and individualise them in the fact that what were their strengths and weaknesses, working on those strengths and weaknesses and um, getting the most for his team out of the players. And he he did this very quickly in his brain. That's what I'm talking about, a footy brain. Exactly. He would have been a great coach, Chucky, and he... he Probably didn't get the opportunity that he perhaps... Uh... Yeah, you got, hey, okay, Teddy, going on from that, you forget. I'll tell you something, mate. I was playing um, and I was getting near the end of my career and I ended up coaching the under-18s in Barnards. Hadn't had any experience before. Freddie Woolmore made me the coach, which was a very um, exciting thing for me. And um, Chucky came along as my assistant. Well, what an assistant. Uh, <laughs> I just had to turn him, what do I do now? And he'd tell me. And I go, and I'll tell the players. And um, so I was coaching, and I was a bit of a lively character, I suppose, pretty, get pretty wound up and stuff like that. But um, Chucky was a very calm sort of bloke, whispering in my ear. The guidance and big brother aspect of that 
cannot be underestimated. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great yeah. great person at our footy club. Certainly. Great person. Yep. So, Eki, who, who, some, when you were coaching that junior team, that under-18 team, who, who were some of the blokes that, that we might know that, that you coached? Well, it was Chucky's son, Wade. Yes. He went on He went on to <laughs> spew and then he didn't stay at Baronet because he went to Ocean Grove and became a great centre back. Solid as a rock. Uh, another one I can – Duncan Smith. Oh, um, yeah. Duncan Smith, full forward. Uh, I can tell you a story about that. <laughs> Here's a story if you want to know you guys. Um, so there it was half time and Duncan had a bit of a knack for frustrating me sometimes. Anyway. Join the club. All I can say – all I can say is that half time, I was that wound up, and I thought Duncan was the source of my frustrations. That uh, whilst in my half time address, I had him off the ground against the wall, picking him up in the air, little Ecky, six foot three, Duncan Smith, and I, all, I, I was yelling at him, and everything went quiet, and I turned my head, and everyone was just watching me, and I just dropped him to the ground, and I thought I'll never do that again. Uh, there you go. Yeah. The old ranting and raving, trying to get the best out of players. Um, it used to work years ago, a la Ron Barassi, but it doesn't work anymore these days. But that was a very good learning experience for me and um, about yelling at the players. And, um, and, and that was just frustration as a coach because I wanted him to win and he wasn't doing the things that I wanted him to do. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And, guess, and, I, and I'm glad you learnt from the experience, Eki, because I know Duncan didn't. Because <laughs> I had the great pleasure of coaching Duncan later on, and and uh, I yeah, I wouldn't have done that to him, but he used to frustrate me as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one because um, he he was a pretty good full forward. He um, was, but he got a bit lazy at times, and um, and sometimes you've got to um, you can't just be in the limelight. Uh, in footy, sometimes you've got to do the hard things to help the team to maybe enable other people to go into the brighter light, but for the benefit of the team. But that's called a teamwork. Yeah. Um, but he and that was me trying to steer him to that way. Well, he did learn that. Yeah. He was if he learned that off you, he did a good job because later on in his career, he was a very, a very good team man and a good team player. I tell you what, in those years uh, under 18s, that was uh, I did that for two years and um. What a great learning curve that was. Um, it's a different different story when you're on the other side of the fence watching people. You can't go – I could always go out there in the footy field. My greatest weapon was my desire to win the contest. You guys can't you, – you can't – that was my greatest strength. I couldn't let anyone beat me. Maybe a little man syndrome in there somewhere, but um, that was my greatest strength. And when, um, when they got challenged – it made me um, – uh, it, it fired me up sometimes. And that's what I'm going to those truths when we say something. I've got a great little story there about Stephen Thompson, Tomo, in one of those stories. that, uh, that uh, uh, And he was playing for Winchester at the time. But uh, after encountering me, he ended up coming to Bowen Heads and became a legend of Bowen Heads. Yes. What's that story? What did you do to Tomo? Okay, I'll tell you. It's in these truths. Yeah. Okay. I once kicked five goals – in a quarter of football. So that's true, is it? That is the lie. <laughs> I'll explain. I've got a story here for you guys. I'm not a tall person, and on the footy field, I had a bit of a small man syndrome. Eki, Eki, I'm just going to hold you up there. You've, you've mentioned okay. that a few times, and not all of our listeners know you. And Nipper and I know you, and we know you're not tall. How tall are you? 165 centimetres. What's that in the old? Five foot six. There you go. Makes you taller than Alan Fry. Taller over Fry. So not only is your name longer than his, but also you are. <laughs> you want me to finish taller. This? <laughs> you want me to finish this story? Yeah, 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 go, go, go. Sorry, mate. I just, I just okay. thought I'd fill the picture in for the listener. Okay, guy, everyone, Bowenheads and the community, I'm not a tall person at all. Pretty fit, pretty strong, but that was from surfing. Anyway... Taunts by opponents about my size turned me into a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde personality. One day playing at home, Steve Thompson Tomo, who was playing at Winchester at the time, came to play at the head soon after and became a legend at the heads, was on me 
And at the start of the game, he looked at me, made a comment about the wharfs, <laughs> and made a, and and made a raspberry sound with his tongue aimed at my direction. <laughs> Something in me snapped. And in that first quarter, I was a man possessed. I ran and ran and ran. My speed was my greatest weapon. And I proceeded to kick, not five, but four goals in the first quarter. After the game, as I was sitting at the table in the clubhouse, a huge hand came over my shoulder with a beer in it. It was Tomo's hand, and he said, why, why, why did you play such a blinder on me? <laughs> I said I couldn't thank him enough for his taunting of me because it changed me into a football demon. <laughs> That's a great story, Eki. That's a ripper. Hang on, I haven't finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it. So, Tomo, that, that taunting... Um, I kind of use sometimes in games. I don't know what it was about my personality. If I wasn't having a good game, hadn't touched the ball as a rover. If I had that at disposal in five or ten minutes, I used, to, I used to get worried. So I used to try and get hurt or tackle hard, or someone be, that taunted me, fired me up, and then I became a powerhouse. I remember you as a power. I remember you as a as a hard running player and a bloke who used to hit packs pretty hard. You would have roved a lot. And uh, played as a as a an attacking forward pocket all the time. Years later, when Tomo came to Bowenheads, um, we became great mates. Yes, and he always said when other people were talking and other opponents, he say, "Don't, don't, don't get that guy fired up. <laughs> don't fire him up. Don't get that little bastard fired up. You'll it'll come back to burn you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's a good story, though. Is uh. And uh, and you summed Tomo up pretty well too. He uh, he was uh, very gentlemanly up off the field. Tomo was yes. He called me a dwarf and and, and went <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay, in I go in that other truth. Okay, listen. I don't know if you're going to guess it. I'm going to tell you anyway. We'll um, go through them. Okay, the first game for yes. Bowenheads. I had only two disposals, one mark and one goal. Truth or lie? Oh, well, that's Sorry, the truth. I'm going to say that's the truth because you told us it was the truth. I did. Okay. In my first game for the Heads at senior level, I was 19th man. This was just, be this was just when 19th and 20th men was replaced by the interchange bench as you know it today. Yes. Yeah. I got on at the 20-minute mark of the last quarter. Against Port, against Port Arlington, who were a power in those days. Yeah. Yeah. My, only, my only two disposals were a pack mark in the forward pocket with the crowd roaring, and my first kick with the Bowenhead Seniors was a goal, and the game finished. <laughs> Did you win the game, Eki? We won that game. And I, ne and I never placed reserves again. I was in the seniors for the rest of my career. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. Un until, John, until John Dunn come on the scene. Yeah. Oh. I've got a lovely story there about Dunny. Okay, Dun John Dunn was the coach of the senior team as a school teacher. I'm only yeah. a little fellow, and he didn't quite like me that much. And I, 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 was, I still like Dunny to this day. But anyway, um, I'll tell you the scene. It was a game against Newcomb. Uh, Cold day, windy, 90th and 20th men. I'm on the bench the first quarter. I'm on the bench the second quarter. I'm on the bench the third quarter. There's five minutes to go, and Dunny says, you're on. <laughs> By this time, I've got my boot laces undone. I'm ready to chuck my boots. I'm ready to storm off home. I got on the, I got on the ground. I was that frustrated. I screamed and yelled and, and had a blue at the umpire, and I got reported for the only time in my whole career. Oh, wow. I got a week suspension. I never played seniors for the rest of that year. Okay. Now listen to this. You're going to love this bit, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm a fiery little bastard sometimes. So anyway, so I thought to myself, bugger it. I'll just really enjoy my football and have a ball in the reserves. Lo and behold, I win the reserves best and fairest. 
So here we are, presentation night. 600 people at the Bowenheads Hotel. They give me, they call me on stage to receive the trophy for the reserves best and fairest. And I don't, I'm not a vindictive person, but I don't know why I said this, but it just came out of me. I got on stage, held the trophy up to the crowd who was screaming, and I said, I'd like to thank Dunny for not picking me in the seniors for the rest of the year to enable me to win this trophy. Thank you, Dunny. <laughs> the next year, go. the next year, Dunny is not coach. I was back in the seniors, didn't miss a game. There you go. There you go. go. There you go. All right, the second one, electrocution at training. You think it happened to me or not? Hey, hang on, just hang on, Eck. Nipu, okay. we could probably just wander off now. He's just taking the show over. He's answering his own questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going beautifully here, Eric. Let me tell you this other story. Electrocution at training. Well, that'll be true because I reckon I got electrocuted at training too in the shower. Okay. What a story I got here. It's involving Ray Day. Oh, Oh, daylight. Beautiful old Ray. I loved Ray. I've met some great people in my footy journey from Victoria to Queensland. Some of the best people are the football trainers. When I played at Bowen Eds, we had a great trainer and character. His name was Ray Day. What a great bloke. Well, Ray's only weakness was his knack of always having a beer nearby so he could take a swig every now and then whilst he was treating us players. Anyway, one day Ray called me in and he said that he had a new electrical medical machine, now called a TENS machine. Oh. To help us treat our injuries. I remember this. And he said he wanted to treat me for a muscle injury that I had at the time. Well, Teddy and Nipper and everyone at Bowen Eds, you should have seen the machine. It was this huge box with leads, buttons, plugs, lights, levers hanging off it. It looked like science fiction. I said to Ray, are you sure you know what you're doing, mate? He said, sure, no problems, Eck. You can trust me. (laughs) Well, he strapped me in, these leads onto my various parts of my body, and I was all plugged in. At that very moment, Ray reached down under the massage table to take a swig from a beard that he had down there. He slipped, and his elbow hit the control knob on the machine registering (laughs) the electric amps from 0 to 10 max. (laughs) <laughs> the knob went to 10 max. There I was in the massage table, my body in an arch rigor mortis <laughs> position, electricity coursing through every muscle and sinew. Ray said, oh, shit, and turned the knob back to zero. My body slumped back to the table, utterly spent. Ripping the leads off me when I regain my sense of surroundings, I go, Ray, you're never going to touch me again. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) And then did that inspire you to be a trainer, Eric? So we played 15 years of footy and we love me footy. And then footy finished. And then what happens, if you've experienced it, you're on the sidelines, you're having a few beers, starting to put on a little bit of weight and becoming a boundary line champion. I've n- I always hated those sorts of people, but I was starting to become one. And I said, this is no good. Anyway, it was, um, I turned my hand to training. I had one year of bowing heads. Then I went to Geelong Amateurs for two years. Then I went to Noosa Heads for 12 years. Then I went to Maroochydore for three years. Then Calandra one year, and now I'm at the Hinterland Blues these past three years, and it's still ongoing. It makes a total of 22 years as trainer and 15 years as a football player. I've been involved in six grand finals in all that time, 22 years as trainer and 15 as a player. I've been involved in six grand finals and been successful in three. That's how hard it is to win one of those damn things. I went back to university, did a remedial massage course, became an expert masseur, trained under some very, very good people. I manipulate ligaments and tendons. 
I do strapping. I do injuries. I talk to players because I played a lot. I give them pats on the ass. I tell them what to do. I tell them to relax. I tell, I'm very good around players. They all love me. That's why I'm so successful at this. And that's why I'm still a footy trader. And that's why I wanted to give up. But they're still chasing me now because of my reputation and because of my expertise and what I know. I look at a player when he's injured. If I went back to Bowen Hits, I could say, what's wrong? And I'll go, I'll look above and below. There's an injury there. You look around the body and I'll press different areas. I do acupressure. I do um, trigger point therapy. I manipulate this guy. His name was Alan Niblett, the Niblett technique, manipulating ligaments and tendons. The journey has been so exciting and so, so beautiful. And um, to this day, here I am still doing football and still loving it like you wouldn't believe. I think, I think uh, Nipper, I can, I can feel a road trip coming up because uh, we need to just jump in a car and go up and get Eki to fix us. I worked at this, they had this Woodford Folk Festival up here, worked there for five years, and they hit the record. I did 30 massages in one day, where they call us dancing masseurs. We used to play music, we used to dance and do this trigger point there, and be flicking things and doing things, all these sorts of stuff. Um, it's, very, it's very creative. So what are you doing for a living now, Eki? I do massage remedial therapy. Yep. I've got clients. I've been doing that for years now. Yep. Uh, I do a lot of mobile work. Because in the old days when you were playing at, at Bowen Heads, you were a greenkeeper, weren't you? I was a greenkeeper for 12 years. I was very good at that. At the Royal Tip? At the Royal Tip. Up there, um, I probably should have stayed. <laughs> Life's a funny. I've had a couple of broken marriages, okay, and I'm a single man these days. But huh, I'm, I'm a happy man these days because um, <laughs> I don't have to please too many women these days. <laughs> well, I mean, that's – hey, I, on those truths, the fourth one, while playing a game at half-time break, we consumed alcohol. It was against Anglesey, of course, down in that ground, which all the hills around it, all the water gets funneled onto the ground, roaring southwesterly, pouring rain, ground a quagmire, a mud heap, air temperature around 10 degrees. We came in at half-time. And we, when we cooled down a bit, we were freezing. That's when our trainer, Ray Day, true to form, brought out a couple of bottles of Stone's Green Ginger Wine. Oh, beautiful. We all took a couple of swigs, then took to the field. It did the job. Warmed us up beautifully. Wouldn't be done today. When you said that, Eki, right at the very yeah. beginning, I yeah. wrote it down, so I write, always write the truth and the lie that the people tell me down so that later on we can remember what they are and I wrote yep. it down and I thought and I wrote next to it that's true it was at Anglesey yes because I, I reckon I played in that game I reckon you did do Teddy and we've never been so happy to see Ray Day pull a couple of bottles of stones out in in my life couple of questions to ask there what made him put a couple of bottles of stones Grinchy wine in his kit he, he probably had them there anyway. Uh, that was my answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, I've got to say that um, it, it warmed our bellies and probably took a bit of the edge off and maybe we might have played a bit better. I don't know. <laughs> they were pretty good days, weren't they, Egg? I had a great time at Bowen Heads. Um, my one regret, boys, my one regret, only regret at Bowen Heads is uh, we played a game. Uh, we had guys like Paul Welsh and Gary Welsh playing for us. John O was in the middle. Phil Stevenson probably lost us that game. Um, it was a first semi-final. We hit the ground running. We had a great team that year. We were we, we should have won the premiership that year. We had such a talented team. John Danny was sent half back. Um, anyway, um, uh, what they did, we, we thrashed them in the first quarter. We were up and running. We were going. We're, and, and what they did, what they did in those days, if you did that, the other team came out and belted you. And what they did, they belted Dennis Johnson in the nuts. Dennis got cut off the hospital. Us young guys were spewing. We started fighting. They started playing football. They ended up winning the game. But probably in the last quarter, we had a chance. The ball got kicked up, and I was right in front of Phil Stevenson. Thought he took a mark. I thought it was a mark, but the umpire didn't pay it. Phil, for some reason, just lost it and kicked the ball into the crowd. Yeah, I remember that. And he lost the game. 
couple of the great players I played with for Boneheads, you boys. John O, Gordon Watson, what a star. Yeah. Could kick, kick 60 metres. David Highland, the torpedo punts that he could kick were unbelievable. I, I, with no effort, you know, uh, in those days. Um, probably the greatest player that I played, and you, I, I heard this before, was Jeff Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, when he turned up, on the first day he turned up, uh, Kenny Mack brought him down from Melbourne. And uh, the first impression I got, I saw this guy climb on these guys' shoulders Standing upright on his shoulders, taking his specky mark. Um, and then you go and meet Nico. I don't know what it's like now. You go, and I'll tell you, I, I'm an impressionist. And g'day, Nico. G'day, Yaki. How you going? He had this little, he had this little girl's voice, but you get him on the, now this guy, Nico, it wasn't just that he was exquisitely skilled. He was as tough as. And anyway, in the league, they had this guy, can you can have this guy called um, Carl Ferguson. He regarded himself as the hitman of the league. It was a game at home at Bowen Eds, and Nico was playing, and for some reason, uh, uh, this Ferguson heard about Nico and started trying to hit him. We as players are saying to Ferguson, don't do that. You, would, you don't want to do that. I'm telling you, you don't want to do that. And he's just, ah, piss off, you bastards. And, and like, anyway, here it was, the crowd. Nico had had enough. We stood back. There's the crowd. Nico, two jabs and an uppercut. <laughs> Ferguson went in the air, landed unconscious. They got the stretcher out and carted him off the ground. As we're, we're yelling out to him, we told you so. We told you so. <laughs> But anyway, this guy, this guy Nico, another another instance of this Nico to tell you how great he was uh, against Torquay, who were pretty uh, powerhouse in those days. Um, uh, I was out that game, and Desi Russell took my spot. And anyway, Nico was right on the siren. We were behind. Nico took a mark outside the fifty. He's lined up. He's kicked this torpedo punt. It wouldn't have gone more than twenty meters in the air. If that, fifteen yeah. meters, it went really low and flat. And went straight through the frigging goals. I remember that. I remember that. 1983. That was 83. Nipper. Well, anyway, this this Nick this Nicholson. Um, I asked him one day, "What do you fight? You're so violent on the ground. You're so fight." He goes, "Well, I grew up in orphanages, and I grew up in Melbourne. And if you're any good in Melbourne in those days, if you kicked a goal in the first five minutes, they just belt you and knock you out." So you have to get in first. So that's how I learned Eck, and that's what I do. And he came from an orphanage where you got to climb over each other to get some food, I suppose, the um, school of hard knocks. But Jeff Nicholson was probably the greatest, the most talented and the toughest player that I saw there at Bowen. There's so many other players I saw there too, and um, geez, I can't really remember all of them. But um, we had some lean years, but there's some other years where we we always had talented players, I thought, you know, and um. They were good times at Bowen Eds, and uh, I enjoyed my football there. <laughs> I tried to get a game at, at Ocean Grove once. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was a um, – but Chucky got on to me and said, you're not doing that. He brought me back to Bowen Eds. Uh, you guys don't know that. that. Chucky has done a lot. I talk to Chucky a lot these days. He's such yeah. a great person, and um, he's such a knowledgeable man in that. And, um, if he um – how do you and Chuka go talking to each other? Like, do you talk over the top of each other, or, you know, do you just let one go? And Because um, Chuka loves to have a chat, and so do you. It'd be, it'd oh, be yeah. a lovely conversation to hear. Um, as you say, I've always been a real lively character. Okay, <laughs> I really have. And um, I don't know if you guys remember. I'd be on the footy field, and Teddy would be going for a mark. Teddy, you're on your own. You're on your own. Nipper, you're clear. I used to yell out all the time on the ground. And so my greatest weapon in all this with players is my encouragement. And as I say, I've been to about eight clubs from Queen, Victoria to uh, Queensland. In Queensland, you, you'd be surprised at the standard of football. Um, it's really good. Uh, I was a Noosa for 12 years as their trainer from 2000 to 2012. We won two premierships in that, but we were in about four or five grand finals. Fantastic to win. Absolutely, utterly shit house to lose. The feeling in the room, I remember one grand final, this big bloke, was at Carrara, 
we'd lost to these other team the back and it was Noosa and he got up I just want to thank Eki for all the work and I could I had to run out the room know that the Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club and the Tree on the Wing podcast are proudly supported by the Beach House at Barwon Heads. Located in Hitchcock Avenue, right in the centre of town, it was once the town fire station, but now Beach House at Barwon Heads serves modern cuisine for breakfast, lunch, dinner and all times in between. It showcases some of the Ballerine Peninsula's fine local produce, wine, cider and beer. Whether it be to enjoy the sunshine on the deck, for a casual drink with some friends, or to celebrate that special occasion, or to record a great footy podcast, the Beach House's friendly staff are always happy to accommodate. Come see us today. You said I'm very popular. I've been through a lot myself in life. In 1986, I bought a house for $46,700 in Balinese in Coogee Court. That same house today is worth a million dollars. Actually, I've got bad news for you, Ricky. The house is worth a million dollars. The block of land is. Oh, for fuck's sake, Nipper. You know, (laughs) anyway, that... That shit at the fan, the missus, and I worked for 10 years at the golf course paying for this friggin' thing. But anyway, I paid it off for eight years, and when I paid the bank back, I had to pay him back $46,400. I paid off $200 in eight years. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, doesn't it? This new club I'm at, last year, the COVID and everything, some games are cancelled. Three or four years ago, they got me on board there. They asked me to come on board, had an interview. They'd heard about me and my reputation, how I am with people and my medical skills. I got on board. They really looked after me well financially. They'd won three three games in about five years, and they were a rabble. First year, uh, we got this new coach. He wanted me on board. His name's uh, Phil Birchall. Uh, he got me on board, and the president talked to me. We got in the finals the first year and got bombed out the first final. We got in the finals the second year, bombed out in the second final. This year, we didn't have a clubhouse. We were working out of an ABCO at the football ground. We had no showers. We didn't lose a game till the grand final. And we lost yeah. to a team that had won two, the two previous prim- – they did the hat-trick. We only lost by three or four goals in the end, but we were blown away in the first half. Now this year, they've asked me to come back again. And we're going to attack it again this year. Whereabouts is that, Eck? Palm Woods. Is that near the big pineapple? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Called, they call the Hinterland Blues. Yep. We are the Navy Blues. Oh, God. It's, it's, that's their theme song, you know. And I'm, yep. um, You know, I'll tell you what, boys. I'm getting older now, but, geez, it's kind of in my bucket list somehow to come back to Bowenheads and do a year or two. As a trainer, that'd be to 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 have started there my football journey, to have played there, to done this whole journey that I've been on with football and the highs and lows, the premierships, the people I've met, the star players that I've met, the people I've helped, to be able to come back to a place like Bowen Eds and do a year or two would be maybe the bee's knees. I don't know if the town's ready for you, Eki. <laughs> I'm a pretty out there character, okay? I haven't changed at all, guys. I'm still this enthusiastic little bastard that runs around giving everyone a pat in the ass, and being enthusiastic, trying to stay up. There's not enough time to be sad in this life, and, and I've had my sad times. And what I've worked out is this. You can either wallow in your shit or you can get off your ass and do something about it. I'm 66. I'm out there. I'm still surfing strong. I'm catching six foot waves. My mother was uh, Indonesian. My father was Dutch. Whether it's the Asian genes that are coming at me, but I don't feel 66 at all. I feel 46. My mantra in life is fitness, and it's still to this day, and it'll keep going. That's a great attitude, Eki, which you always had. You had that when you were at Bowen Eds, and and, and I'm glad you didn't ever take that over to Ocean Grove. Tell, tell us the story about going to Ocean Grove. I'm interested in that. I got a word from someone. They wanted me to go over there. So I went over there for a training night. 
But Brendan McCartney didn't pay much attention to me. I was probably too small. Uh, people, this thing, this little man syndrome thing that I've had in my life, they underestimate me. And But I like that when they underestimate me because I, they, I get under their guard. And before they know it, I've struck like a scorpion. And then it's too late. <laughs> anyway, Brendan McCartney... Red McCartney wouldn't have wouldn't have me there. He said I was too small, so I ended up going back to Bowenheads. Wow, their loss, our game. When's that, Eki? That's that's early nineties, is it? Yes, that's early nineties. So your Lara time, you played your junior footy at Lara. Played heaps of junior football at Lara under under fifteen. Um, that's it. Life's been a bit of a funny thing. Um, when that happened at Lara, see, my mother died. I was 17. And then my old man kind of moved in with another family and I got kicked out. And so I've had a school of hard knocks and then I was by myself in the caravan somewhere. And then I was working in a harvested factory and I was surfing and that's when I met Janet. And that's when I went down to Bowen's and that's probably why I really – got involved with the Bowen's Football Club because they're more or less my family. There you go. Okay. So all those boys and all those officials, Ray Day, Freddie Wilmore, um, the list goes on. They were very like father figures to me because I didn't have that. And um, that's probably probably one, when I think about this later on, I found, I found a bit of a home. Okay. And then, like when you find, when you haven't got home and you find it, well, what do you want to do? You want to stay there, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. Home is where the heart is, Pete. Right? Bowen is always have a place. I know it's changed a lot down there. Um, i tell you something. In our day, when we played there, uh, you know, classic. You play a good game. Say you played a blinder. And then it's Monday. You go down to the local milk bar. Then you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, a thick shake and a sandwich gets put in front of you. And you look around, and there's the owner of the milk bar. Good game, heck. You know? And they're paying you back with a thick shake and a sandwich. Well, that lousy thick shake and sandwich made you play even better the next time. <laughs> and what you don't get up here in Queensland so much, um, and you guys still got it down there, uh, it's a very community-based thing down in Victoria. Towns revolve around the football club. When we used to have a good win at Bowen Heads, the town was so happy. Everyone was smiling and happy. It was skipping down the street. When we lost, different, different. Everyone's downcast. So everything revolves around the football. You go there. Up here in Queensland, it doesn't happen so much like that. Uh, up here, there's, I don't know what it's like down your, your way, but um, some of these towns, like Noosa, they have all these really rich businessmen. So they just go and buy players from Victoria here, they're Canberra, and they just get them up here. This news, I came from Victoria, came to Queensland, and I was blown away by the standard. I couldn't, I thought it was all shit in Queensland. But I go, this is really good play. And I, as I said, and this club, which had money, they paid me really well. They paid, they, <laughs> we'll give you 400 bucks a week. I go, really? Okay, so we, we uh, pay me, and then in the end, they were paying me 500 bucks a week just to be the trainer. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's good money. Unbelievable stuff up here sometimes, okay? But, I mean, the guy that got me there, his name was Swinger. And how he got there was Jono. Jono told him about it because Jono's son, Matt, was playing for Noosa in the under yeah. ends. Anyway, Jono said, there's this bloke from Victoria. He's a really lively little guy, full of enthusiasm, a very good trainer. His name's Eki. You want to get him here? They phoned me up and they offered me this great money and um, – Swinger and I today are still great mates. He put whenever I see him, we put our arms around each other. Um, so then I was there for twelve years. Oh, that's good. That's fantastic. You're obviously good at your job too. I'm very enthusiastic at it, and um, I followed Bowen Heads. I was wrapped when you won the premiership. Uh, I was sad the year before, but sometimes it's a funny thing, footy. Sometimes you got to lose to win, <laughs> and then losing is it's the dumps, it's the pits when you're a footballer or football person. It's you got nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. It's just, it's depressing for weeks afterwards. One, one of the best nights I've ever spent at the footy club was the night at the rooms after that, that grand final loss. Um, nobody expected that that was what we would be doing, but everybody got there anyway because it had been that long since we'd been in a grand final. 
Everyone yep. was just wrapped. And I reckon that the players understood it, that the town put their arms around them and said, it's all right, you've done a great job. You had 20 bad minutes of footy for the year and we forgive you. And, um, and that's what got them through the next year, I reckon, a fair bit of that, knowing that the town was behind them. Yeah. You know, what you, Teddy, what you just that little story you just explained then probably typifies how I think about things. Sometimes these things happen for a reason. And then sometimes later on they'll will be successful and they'll come to me and go, "How did you know that?" I said, "Because you got it. I've had a life. I've had a lot of shit happen to me, and I've done a lot of football. And sometimes you just got to be patient. Sometimes I call it you got to pay your dues. And sometimes when you lose a grand final, and when you get in another grand final, boys, are you going to do everything in your power not to lose that next one because you know how much it hurts?" I believe in a lot of love around the place. And I tell you, uh, when uh, the Western Bulldogs won the Premiership 2016 or something, I think they, they came up here and I was their trainer, Luke Beveridge. He's putting his arms around the players. He's nurturing them. He's talking softly. And I go, he's spreading the love. And I've seen this. And then years later, I saw Collingwood, Nathan Buckley started doing it a little bit. And now I'm seeing it at Melbourne. Simon Goodwin's doing it. They're all changing their stance a bit. It's not the Ron Brassie year anymore. It's about the spreading of love, brother, and the understanding of your players and giving them what's called positive encouragement. No negativity because negativity doesn't work. And I found that out as I said when I picked up Duncan Smith being negative. Don't do that. It would I'd be I do it totally different these days. Beautiful. Now, Eki, that's your, all your philosophy on life. We want to get back to the Barwon Heads Footy Club, right? Okay. So I've got, yep. got a couple of last questions, and Nipper might have one too. Just a last okay. question. You you mostly played as a rover. Yeah. Um, who was the best ruckman you rucked to as at Barwon Heads? Not, don't worry about the rest of your career, but at the, the Barwon Heads, who did you ruck to that you thought was a great ruckman? I'll tell you what. He couldn't kick. He wasn't a good a mark. But he was big, and he could tap the ball, and that was Colin Crossway. He's a good player, the old Crossy, the old Fozzy Bear. The one thing, you, I'll tell you one bit, I can tell you how many times that was at the centre bounce. He tapped it down to me as I'm running at full pace, getting the ball and kicking it. I remember when I'm kicking it to Kim Corns at full forward, you know, and taking marks. And so I'd say Colin Crossway, as far as a tap rackman, I wouldn't wouldn't call him the most skillful guy at all, and um, not the most mobile. But uh, the other one was Moff Fry. He was really good. Um, yeah. There was one game there against Anglesey. I remember we were down by four points, and I've done a I kicked a couple of miraculous goals at times. And um, Moff Fry's tapped it down to me as I'm getting tackled and falling to the ground in the four pocket next to the green line, threw the ball on my boot. Lo and behold, it went through the goals. There was Neil Gubbins and Archie Gubbins and Daddy Gubbins. They were all screaming from the boundary. And, and later on, they go, how did you do that? I said, I don't know. I just threw it on the boot, you know. <laughs> as, as you do sometimes, you know. I mean, I'll tell you another game. It was against um, this little man syndrome thing. I was playing against Ocean Grove, and I used to play against this guy called Goose. And Goose was played for, for um, Ocean Grove, and he was probably about six foot two. He's a concreter, I think. Pretty good player, actually. But Goose was out. Goose and I one one day I tr- he tried to get around me and I wouldn't I wouldn't I would never say die. I'm hanging on to him in the end. I've got him around the ankles. The umpire blew the ball for blew the whistle for holding the ball. He threw the ball and ricocheted off the head. I got a fifty metre penalty. I kicked the goal anyway. So we had to sing Goose and I. The game against Ocean Grove. Nico passed to me. Wet day. I'm on the fifty metre line. That wasn't that long a kick really. But anyway. I'm lining up and I hear in the crowd, you ain't kicked that, you little bastard. I looked over and it was Goose sucking on a beer. And something something went in me. Something I, I felt a shiver down my back. Yeah, yeah. I went back and I kicked the ball and it went straight through the goals. Wow. Couldn't believe it. The crowd was roaring and there was Goose. The beer slipped from his hand with his jaw, mouth open and fell on the ground. And I don't know why I did this, but I turned that goose in the crowd and I've gone, we'll be fingers twirling. I go, how'd you like them apples, goose? <laughs> uh, great man, Barry Grant. 
It uh, was fortunate that Ray Day happened to have a bottle or two in his bag, which he probably did anyway. Um, but uh, that was that was very special. And the other thing I learnt today, Teddy, I learnt two things, is that as much as the Bowenheads Football Club would love to have Eki back as a trainer down there, and as much as Eki would love to go back down there, by the sounds of it, I don't think the footy club could afford him. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly what I thought I was going to say. Um, it, it wouldn't going back in a, in a situation like that wouldn't be a case of money at all. I learned a couple of things. I learned that you don't have to ask Eki many questions, and I also learned that he was, and he's another one of the people who we snatched from the jaws of Ocean Grove. And um, and again, it was Chucky who did it. And Chucky, uh, as you said, Nipper, he's rivaling Stephen Wells as as one of the great recruiters of of. He certainly recruited quite a number of people from the tree on the wing. We didn't ask Eki who his favourite coach was at Bowen Heads. I would. You played under Terry Walsh, Eki. What did you think of Walshy? Because I always ask that for the guys who played under him. Choco Walsh. I get I get emotional when I think of Choco. I played a couple of games, and I was a bit lazy. I didn't go to training, and I kicked a couple of really good goals. And I'll, there's another story for you. Anyway, I so say I didn't go to training, and I don't know why. But anyway, um, I was in the reserves, and Choco was there. We we're playing Angles Queenscliff. Ah, anyway, I was, I was enjoying my time in the reserves, and I, I, I was running. Anyway, I got a kick right on the siren at half time. Just before the siren, I've yelled out to Mitch, Mitch, run past, run past. Get the handball for me because Mitch is a really good torpedo bun, Shay Mitchell. Anyway, Mitch ran past and a handball was him, but the umpire wouldn't allow it. So the ball went back to me. The siren went under pressure. I gave back. I kicked the torpedo and went through the goals. I went running off the ground. Choco just smashed up to me. He goes, you're not going in at halftime. Stay dressed. You put. You got. You stay. You you're straight into the seniors for the senior game later on. So I went from playing half a game of football in the reserves, and then I played a full game in the seniors with Choco. That's better than being on the bench for three quarters. Oh, that was Dunny. Um, <laughs> some people didn't like me because I was small. Okay, and like um, and maybe that might have been against. But I had this great will to win, and um, I could get in the packs. I remember a game against Leopold. Starry got best on the ground, kicked five goals. And after the game, Starry came up to me and gave me a beer. He goes, thanks for feeding out those five handballs to me, Eck. So I was able to get these balls out to these players. And it was the, the physicality that – I've still got the physicality today. Um, I go surfing six-foot waves. I wipe out at the back and I'm, I'm nearly dying. And then I get in the, and they go, you're crazy. I go, I'm loving life. I survived. <laughs> Good on you, mate. I'm, I'm, on the footy field, it was the same. The worst thing you could do was taunt me. Like Tomo doing a dwarf, saying I was dwarf, and then doing the, give me a raspberry. And I just go, it's just my back. Same as Goose when he yelled out to me. My, I feel my, ugh. And then I said, thank you for saying that, Goose. You know, like a, And that's where we started the show, and I reckon that's where we finish it. Okay. I, and I'm sure you've got a million stories. The other thing I learned today, Nipper, and you touched on it with the green ginger wine, and you said that it got the boys going. I don't reckon Nicky's come down from that yet. <laughs> I, reckon he's, I reckon he's still yep. got that same green ginger wine flowing through his veins, and and I think he's having trouble purging it. Yeah. Boys, my enthusiasm, here I am, still helping people, smiling and f***ing happy. Well, that's fantastic, and that- Eki, and you've been a great guest. Uh, you've been a whirlwind, I can tell you that. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Teddy and Nip, been listening to you guys doing this tree in the wing thing for a while. want to commend you guys on your professionalism, for your your characters, the way that you two are. I know you guys, I played with you. Um, you're great fun guys. The ability to get the best out of your guests, it's so much fun listening to it. Keep it going, fellas. All right, you know, I I look forward to hearing more podcasts in the future. Thanks, mate. That's 
That's good on you, Reggie. Yep, that's Excellent. fantastic. Mate, we love your support. Oh, I love you. Give all my love down there. I've got a heap of love like the Luke Beveridge. I've spread the Eki. Eki love is spreading. Say hello to everyone down there, okay? Maybe one down this coronavirus might visit. You don't know, boys, I might catch a train, go down and give you a phone call. I'm coming to the footy. And I'll come and catch up with you guys. We'll see what happens. Oh, we stand on the hill and we have a few frothies. Eki, it'd be fantastic. And I reckon you'd you'd draw a crowd and nobody would be interested in the footy at all. I will just get in amongst you I'd, and I'll just be hugging you all to death. It's so good to talk to you guys. Say hello to everyone at Bowenheads. Bowenheads is so deep in my heart, the football club. I follow it. It's, I've still got such a love for it. And hopefully I might get back there one day. Beautiful. Forward to it. We really appreciate okay. your time. We had a couple of technical issues at the beginning and you've been you were really patient with that and so was Nipper. Thanks guys. Been a great episode. Really exciting, really energetic and enthusiasm and it's it's fantastic always to speak to people who love our footy club because our footy club's not always been about the love, but it is now and it's a hundred years old and and it's, uh, it's still going strong. In fact, it's probably going stronger than it's gone for a long while at the moment. And it's been really good. Nipper, it's time for you to do your duty. Thank you very much, Teddy. Ladies and gentlemen, pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheerio. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Eki. Thanks, Nipper. Well done. We'll catch you next time, guys. Bye. There you go. Yeah. Like a small boat on the ocean Sending big waves into motion Like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match But I can make an explosion As I said a couple of times during the episode Eki was always a very popular person around our club mainly for the level of energy that he brought to the place and his enthusiasm and his likability. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and time is called and we must piss off.